What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 277th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today is Will. Yeah, and uh, I think I'm under the realization that the the hour of 4 a.m. and the age of 44 are, yeah, not compatible. (laughs) (laughs) I I should never see that hour with my open eyes. We... we (laughs) We both had late nights, but we were we were not together. That's true. I actually think when I woke up at six thirty, you were like you had just texted me or something, and you're like, "Yeah, I just got home." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're we're recording this. No, Travis. Uh, just because of this weird recording schedule, I just got back from the Minnesota PokeCon just a bit ago. I mean, I mean, I got home at like. Uh, it was probably like 5-ish a.m. before I climbed into bed. It's like 4 p.m. now, so I slept for like 10 hours because I didn't sleep at all during that convention. And then... So how how long... When did you get there? Because you, you don't live in Minnesota, for those that have, I don't. folks who don't know. <laughs> yeah, so the Minnesota PokeCon was in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. I could probably... Maybe I'm getting the city wrong, but around... St. Louis Park, Minnesota, and they invited my they invited us out about two weeks ago. So very last minute on on their part and my part, and I was like, okay, I can at least do Saturday uh, if that's okay with you guys. And they said sure, and they were like, uh, we'll give you a, a booth and a table, or a booth and a table are the same thing. But we'll give you a booth and we'll give you a panel. And I was like, cool, great. I mean, it's a it's like a six hour drive for me. And Michael was like, oh, I'd love to go with. And Greg from Mythical, Mythical, yeah. uh, he lives near St. Louis Park, so it was a very easy commute for him, giving, giving away people's locations. Anyways, so Micah, <laughs> Micah and I left Friday at about 11 a.m. And we had, we had Wait, to take- did you and Micah share a hotel room? No. So Irene's brother also lives in St. Louis Park. Wow. I originally was going to book a hotel room, but Irene was like, just text my brother. So I did. And they were like, oh, of course you can stay with us. So, and they have two guest bedrooms, believe it or not. Wow. I know. Ritzy. It was very fancy. And so we stayed with them and that was a huge help with just cost of getting there and arranging everything. And so we get in around 6 p.m.-ish. No, actually it was maybe closer to 7 uh, we meet up with Greg right away. We go to the the hotel where it was taking place. It was the Double Tree, in I, I, like I said, I think it's St. Louis Park. So we went to the Double Tree in St. Louis Park. Walked around. We met everyone. We met people from the decks, and we met the person who created Pokemon Showdown, like the programmer person. The programmer person. They also live in or around St. Louis Park. Who knew? So I guess St. Louis Park is is really near Minneapolis, right? Yes. So Minneapolis is the hub of Pokemon culture in the United States of America is what we're determining. I mean, (laughs) the person who runs the event said that the Pokemon scene isn't strong in Minnesota. I'm not sure if that's like true or not. I mean, I don't live there, so I'll take their word on it. But their goal with the Minnesota PokeCon is to, you know, restore that and bring that up and make that, you know, a more popular thing. So we met with all those guys and they were they were having like a staff slash group dinner. I was like, hey guys, 
It was super nice to meet all you. I'm going to spend the entire day with you guys tomorrow. I would love to see my my friends that also live in St. Louis Park, my friend Alex and his girlfriend Katie. I was like, I see them like twice a year, so I will see you guys all tomorrow, but I'm going to actually go get dinner with them. That's reasonable. Yeah, I, I, I think so. So we got dinner with, with uh, my friends. Then Micah and I attempted to do the Splatfest, which was a complete disaster because... The as nice as my, my Irene's brother's house is, it's like a dead spot for AT&T, so I couldn't tether. Oh wow. Like I could I could I could load Twitter and everything just fine. It just wasn't strong enough to play an online game. Uh, on your Nintendo Switch that you could portably take with you to You're take right. part in the uh the, for, first world problems right there. <laughs> Micah had a Verizon hotspot, so we paid the thirty five dollars for like two gigs of data. And we played like ten matches of Splatfest. It was like three AM. And then we had to get ready for the con, which started at 10. We uh, went to the con at 10, and there was a couple issues. I know you probably Uh-oh. have questions, Will, but the, the main issue that happened was the registration portal didn't work. So from my understanding, they couldn't actually pull up who registered and who didn't register. So they, I got that resolved around 11.30. Wait, 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 wait. So they didn't use... Uh, I'm not going to say Ticketmaster because that would be foolish for them to use, but they didn't use Eventbrite? No, I don't think so. Hey, hey, folks, just uh, FYI, Eventbrite's already done all the work for you. Just use Eventbrite. All right. <laughs> not not a sponsor of the program, but <laughs> not a, yet. a Will Anderson gold certified recommendation right there. <laughs> not yet. I, I actually think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I heard... I can't remember his name. I'm. I apologize, but the creator of Showdown, I'm pretty sure, helped program the Minnesota PokeCon website. Oh dear. <laughs> I mean, clearly the dude knows how to program. He made Pokemon yeah. Showdown. Yeah. But registration wow. had some issues. What was supposed to happen is, is it was supposed to open at ten, and then opening ceremonies was supposed to be like ten thirty. Uh, people started pouring in around eleven thirty. And then the opening ceremonies was at 12. And when we got in, we got in at like 9.30 because I was like, I don't need, I don't need like an hour or two hours to set up my table. I've, I've done so many cons in the past, PAX, MGC. Yeah, C2, you pretty G. much just have like a booth in a box at this point in time, right? I, I literally <laughs> do have a booth in a box, yes. <laughs> and, and I drove, so I was very limited in what I could bring. Like I could, probably could have brought more stuff, but I was like, I'm just going to bring my one box you know, go from there. What was really cool is, so we we were one of the first people to set up a table. So this is, it was organized like when you walk in, there's this really wide hallway and it was really long. And that's where all the uh, either featured guests were or sponsors. Like Sprint was there because Sprint is a sponsor of Pokemon Go. So I assume that PokeCon worked with them and said, hey, we're going to have Pokemon people here. You're Sprint, you're a big part of Pokemon Go. Just so like something, it's like Sprint was there. We set up in the hallway, and then at the end of the hallway was the main hall where they would do opening ceremonies and the concert. And then next to that was the vendor slash artist room. And then mid, like right when you walk in, there was two rooms for panels. And then in the middle of this long hallway on either side, one room was dedicated to showing Pokemon movies. And then across from that was like the game room where people were either doing the video game or the TCG, or they just had like Pokemon Monopoly or Pokemon Adventure Quest to be a master adventure quest, that really old board game. 
So that was, you know, pretty much the whole like floor plan of the con. It was easily the smallest con I've been to, but it was. So it was, I was gonna say, how many how many people would you say total? Just Saturday, because again, the con was both Saturday and Sunday. I would say that about two to three hundred people poured in right away uh, around the the opening first opening two hours and then throughout the day new people were coming in but also people were leaving and then coming back i'm assuming that a lot of people were staying in the hotel so it was like okay we saw this stuff but we're gonna you know go back to our hotel room or go get something to eat come back for a panel i think they were expected 500 people so i would i i'm pretty confident they probably hit that especially with sunday all right decent yeah 500 people is decent i mean it's 500 people who love pokemon which is pretty cool uh, what was even cooler, Will, is I we set up the table and then I like left to I, I went back to my car to get some more stuff and when I came back, Professor Oak set up their table next to us. So like the actual Professor Oak, the the OG, the original voice actor for Professor Oak for the first ah all for right the first nine <laughs> nine years of the anime. That's cool. So they, so they actually had some real like people from from the Pokemon world there. Yes, got, got them to get get in there to the the middle of America, which people like us, me from the coast, don't like to believe exists. But sure. <laughs> so they had they had the original voice actor, Professor Oak Stewart, something. Patrick Stewart. Yes, Patrick Stewart was the original voice actor. <laughs> they had Jason Page, who was the singer of the original Pokemon theme song. Oh, wow. The, I want to be the very best. That, that song. That's, that's a pretty, uh, that's almost a bop. Not, not quite. I'm trying to pick up the new lingo. I, I heard that on a different y- podcast. Songs yeah. were referred to as a bop. Yeah, the bop. Yeah, it's it's Yuri on Ice is a bop, supposedly. I I think it's a bop, and that's what that's what qualifies, right? When I when I put down the bop hammer, uh, actually no. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> they had uh, the Dex, the YouTube channel. Uh, they had us, the same level of uh, Jason Page and Professor Oaks. No, no, no. I'd I'd agree. Yeah. I'd agree that we we hit that level. We're we're big in the community. I just just to, to give you some perspective on that, I was hanging out with one of uh, Steve and my mer- mutual friends this weekend, and he was in D.C. for a conference, and everybody was saying, well, how do you know Will? And I would just say, I'm a famous internet personality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, then the, the guy who created Showdown, and I think there was one more other person, and I can't remember what they did. Did. I want to say we were a programmer slash author of sorts, but I'm not 100% sure what they did, and I apologize. We talked with Professor Oak, such one of the nicest dudes I think I've ever talked to. The ability for him to talk normal and then turn on Professor Oak and do like, wonderful, or oh, <laughs> was I couldn't help but smile every single time. It was just, it was like the the best table location in the world to be sitting next to Professor Oak and having kids and fans come up and then him just turning on the Oak voice and like seeing those people just light up. It was just a really unreal experience. 
I got some, I got a little bit of dirt on, on why Professor Oak is no longer Professor Oak. Uh oh. So, and this, are this, you going to spill the tea? Come yeah, on. <laughs> this also, this also applies to, I think Jason Page, but I, that's, that's more of a different story. But for Professor Oak, them and the original cast, like, so Veronica Taylor and the people who, the guy who played Brock and the guy who played, like, James and stuff, they were hired by Four Kids Media. You remember Four I, Kids, the logo yeah. that came at the end of the episodes? With, with the number four and then the word kids after it. Yes, Four Kids. So they were all hired by Four Kids to do the Pokemon anime. And obviously, oh, the English when, voices. Yeah. Yes, and obviously, when they started doing that, they didn't realize that it was going to be so big and and whatnot. They had, uh, I think, originally an eight year contract, and so at the end of eight year eight years, it just turned into you know, no contract. We'll just keep paying for you and and whatnot. Well, you have an eight year commitment, and then option to renew year to year or something like that. Yes, sure. within that year. They were working on a new contract for four kids and another company. I can't remember what it was called, but it was the, it was the, the when they started doing, um, the Hoenn stuff. Cause obviously that's when uh, the animation quality changed and voice started changing, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, well, it happens to a lot of adolescents, but yes. <laughs> so another company came in and underbidded four kids. And so Nintendo. And the Pokemon company decided to go with that other company because it was cheaper. <sighs> so because that new company wasn't 4Kids Media, and 4Kids Media technically was in charge of these voice actors, all those voice actors under the original anime were pretty much fired because the new company couldn't just hire them because they were under contract with 4Kids. Well, I mean, hmm... You'd think they'd have an opportunity to get their contracts canceled and transferred or something like that. But if if that company wanted to save money, then probably they felt that they'd be able to do it cheaper with new voice talent, I'm sure. It's something along those lines. I mean, they, they ended up doing the show, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I I think I asked if, if like, TCPI or Nintendo ever reached out after that fact. Because, like, right, obviously, the, now it's been, like, 11 more years and... Professor Oak isn't under contract with four kids anymore. He said that he did one or two other things with Pokemon after the fact. Like, they just randomly called him up. Asked yeah, him have you heard of a game called Pokemon Snap? <laughs> I, don't, I think Pokemon Snap was the first 10 years. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They randomly called him up. They, he did a couple things, and then that's, that's been that. So, he hasn't done anything since... Since that, I asked if there was any word if he was doing the 20th anniversary movie, since that's, you know, based on the first couple episodes of the anime, oh, plus true. Yeah. the new twist. And he said he, he didn't even know they were doing a new movie, and they weren't doing a movie that was a throwback movie. So he was like, I'm actually going to try to call them and ask who they're voicing for Professor Oak. He, like, like started looking it up right away on his phone. Like, he was very, like... I want to do this, which is kind, of, which is really cool. But I, I don't, um, know, I don't know if <laughs> that sounds so weird. <laughs> what, what sounds weird that he? Well, I mean, it's 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 if it's going to be in theaters in November. I'm like, 
Well, that was one of my questions was, was like, how long does it take for, because the movie's done. If a, if a movie's done, English people come in, do the lines, make the movie in English. He said he wasn't sure, but they would have to start pretty soon to get done by November, but he said it was doable. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, you, like. I hope you didn't start trouble. I hope no. you didn't start <laughs> a battle in the Pokemon world. I don't know who plays Professor Oak right now. Uh, well, Samson Oak or Original Oak? Is it, I think it's the same Wait. voice actor for both. Uh, Samson's it, the Alolan Elogian, version, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I would right. assume that they're probably going to do the people that are doing the TV show right now, right? Like, who, I, I don't know the name of the woman who plays Ash currently, but it would be really weird to be like, here's the new movie. You're not going to do it. We're going to bring back this old voice actor, which, you know, some people love. I think Veronica Taylor is great, but I also think the new Ash is great. Uh, yeah, I think that um, that's a decent voice that they have. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works. I feel like bringing back old voice actors is stepping on the toes of the current voice actors. That, that's true, and it becomes like... Um... It's like disruptive when you expect to hear one particular voice and you hear a different voice. Even if it was the original voice, you're kind of used to hearing the new voice. And you see what I'm saying? Totally. Uh, do you have any more questions about the yes. Pokemon? You you gave a panel. How, what what was your panel? What how did that? What? Oh wait, we're gonna hear it, aren't we? Yeah. So I'm going to include the panel in in the later half of this episode. It's actually only about a half hour long. Uh, yeah, how many people came? So each panel room was uh, 100 seats. I would want to say about 30 or 40 people came out. All right, because actually when you said there were about 500 people at the con, I was like, at PAX East, we had like 300, 400 people in the room. Yes, yeah, <laughs> for totally. Our panel. And it's like, did you just like completely draw everybody that was at the con into your panel or well uh, here here's not. here's the problem with our panel it was at 7 p.m Ooh, that's a deadly hour it's a very deadly hour because either people are done for the day or they're, they're done for the day because they probably went to dinner at 5 or 6 p.m and they probably don't want to come back to the con yeah yeah the other Even problem for fantastic internet personalities like yourself yeah, well, they're, they're every, I'm pretty sure we had probably about 10 to 12 groups, and I say groups because it was usually one or more person come up and say they listen to the show and they love it, and I only say groups because I, the other person is smiling and nodding their heads, and one other, only one person is doing all the talking, so I'm, 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 I'm not sure if the person not talking is a listener or not, or just is like, yeah, yeah, my my significant other or my friend can, listens to you, but I don't. I'm just smiling yeah, and nodding. My, <laughs> my my friend is one of them, just like completely obsessed ISE fans, you know. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, so all the people that specifically came up to our panel or to our booth and said they listened to us, they did. They were all at the panel, so that was that was awesome. And I think there was a couple people that were like, "We drove two hours to get here," or. People made commitments to come, and that's just very, very flattering. How many of them were disappointed that I wasn't there? Uh, I think no one was, because I think we did a good <laughs> job at communicating that you weren't going to be there. That's true. That's true. <laughs> 
But everyone that I came th- up was super nice. I, I think uh, Greg makes a good 10% will form, so yes, that's okay. Yes. This is this is not specific to this is not specific to PokeCon because, like I said, I've been to a lot of conventions. People will come up, they will start talking, they will start talking with me, and I, they'll pick up a business card, and I'll, I'll usually go into my pitch of you know why I'm there, which is so we're a Pokemon podcast called It's Super Effective. We do a weekly show every single Monday, uh, which is in iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, etc. And so, just to let you know, we talk about the TCG, the anime, the video game, the Magikarp Jump, Pokemon Go, etc. And then, after all of that, I usually go, do you listen to any podcasts? And so, I do the spiel with pretty much anyone who, you know, picks up the business card. Every now and then, after I'm done with the spiel, people, uh, some people will go, oh, I know, I already listened to you guys. But they don't, like, start off with that. <laughs> which is really funny i think they're just like hesitant to say like oh my god i listen to you guys where most people that come up to the booth that's the first thing they do is they come up and they go hi i'm so and so i listen to you guys every week and then they usually say who their favorite is or whatnot and so there's always like those those two types of fans the fans that will like instantly tell you they listen to you and then the fans that are really hesitant and then Almost every every single time when I do my spiel, that's when they admit that they listen, uh, which is just, I mean, it's humbling. They're like, look, Steve, I've heard your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> look, I listen. I'm only here for Micah. Understandable. Uh, yeah, the seven o'clock hour was was kind of killer overall. And it it didn't. Ha- so the PokeCon was fun. I had a blast, but I don't think. There was a consistent six hours of things to do. So from like noon to 6 p.m., unless you were consistently doing the VGC or the TCG or watching the anime movies in the theater room or I guess going to other panels, a lot of people were leaving midday and then coming back later. If you, if you were there all day, you really had to be doing every single thing the PokeCon offered. And it offered a lot, but I don't know if the initial 200 people that came through the door were committed to doing everything for the con or just coming to do specific... You know what I mean? Yeah, and and you don't have to do everything at a con to enjoy the con and get your your value out of it. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. uh, What's the next... So we're both going to Gen Con. That's true, in a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Which is not which in we're we're while it's not a Pokemon trip, it's not a it's it's both personal trips for us. We just do this to not do Pokemon, <laughs> but we will be doing Pokemon there. There's like a uh, a draft release that we're participating in. Yeah, I was gonna say while it's not a Pokemon trip, it's not not a Pokemon trip. <laughs> yeah, I we're not, actually, but we're not doing a draft. Pay attention to what you signed up uh, for, booster, sir. Booster, sealed, sealed booster. Right, sealed, wait, sealed, sealed deck. Sealed, sealed deck. deck. Yes. So, do you know how that works? Have you been through that before? I have. I I played the TCG very for a long time. Well, yeah, but this is a a new format. Is it? What's new about it? Yeah. Okay. So I'm here, pretty l- sh- I'm me, pretty sure this is. I'm pretty sure you get eight booster packs. You open them up. You make a deck. They give you energy cards. You play three rounds, and then when you're done, they give you two more booster packs. Incorrect. So this is, uh, if I if I believe I'm right, this is the new format that Puka has come up with, 
Um, you get a box that has like most of a deck constructed already. So everybody, I think they either have like one or two where everybody gets the same cards. There's like two variations on it, but everybody gets the same cards. And then you get four packs and then you can mix those packs into that standard built deck that you got to make a final deck that's yours. And then at the end you get more packs. But do you keep the the do you keep the fake deck they give you? Yes. It comes in this really nice like deck box, but it's this all like everybody gets cooler. the same cards. Yeah, because there's just like a base where everybody's going to have the same cards and then it's like things that you pull from the packs um become text that you can add to your deck. All right, I'm down with that. We should we should after the show we should compare notes, make sure we're still in the, in the correct draft. I think we are, but we should double check. <laughs> yes. Actually, one more thing. So we're going to Gen Con. So if you are going to Gen Con, don't hesitate to you know reach out to Will or myself or Micah or Irene on Twitter. Uh, Travis will not be there. Uh, so uh, don't Greg will be there. Greg will be there too. Yes. So don't hesitate to reach out. Gen Con's like five days long. I am more than happy to make time for everyone. And then after that. At the end of August, I actually think it starts on September 1st, but I, myself and Irene will be at PAX West in Seattle, and we will be doing a panel there. I know I'm, I'm working to get some more guests on the panel, but the Jay Wits from YouTube slash Twitch, the Jay Wits, we've had him on. He will be on the panel, which is really great. I know they gave us like a 400 to 500 person room this year. I guess they were like, hey, you guys filled that room at at Boston, so we've got to up your room size. That's really exciting. I don't. I, I know the panel's on Monday. I believe it's at 1230, but don't hold me to that. I'm sure I tweeted at some point. We'll get you more details as we get closer to that event. But with that being said, let's do some Pokemon news. Uh, this is just... We're, we're very light on Pokemon Go this week. Right now, Moltres is still happening in the Pokemon Go world. If you can, try to catch Moltres. It ends Monday night. Zapdos also starts on Monday, and then we're probably going to get nothing after Zapdos. I don't think I don't think they're rotating back to Articuno. I think they're actually going to give us a break. So, do you know what hour of the day it switched from uh, Articuno to Moltres? I don't know what it was in other time zones, but for the central time zone and for me, I was still seeing Articuno at 6 p.m. All right, interesting. Okay, okay. And those were like fresh Articunos, like. Two hours left at like 6 p.m. All right. So that would be for Pacific. So it's after that. Hmm. All right. This is the news I want to talk about. There have been reports that indicate it is impossible to catch a raid boss with the very last premiere ball. So what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> so when you complete a raid in Pokemon Go, you get a set amount of premiere balls. All a, premier, a premiere ball has the same catch rate in Pokemon Go as a regular Pokeball. So if you're catching like a wild Heracross, for example, in Pokemon Go, you might want to use a Great Ball or an Ultra Ball because it increases the catch rate, of course, and Heracross might be a harder Pokemon to catch and or a, a rare enough to the point where you go, I don't see Heracross often, so I want to make sure I get it and it doesn't run away. In a raid battle, you don't have that option. You only get premier balls, and you are awarded those premier balls based on how did how well you did in the raid and what gym the raid was at. So, for example, if you are fighting a Moltres at a Valor gym, 
and most of the people participating in the raid are Valor, and Valor did the most damage to Moltres, you will probably get about 11 to 12 balls to use to catch Moltres. Now, if you were Mystic in that raid, and it was a Valor gym with Valor doing the most damage, you as a Mystic player might only get five or six balls to catch Moltres in. So it is very dependent on your team and your team's contribution. Now, what this last ball means is there have been tons of videos of people attempting to catch raid bosses with the very last Pokeball and no one's been able to do it. So a really good example of this is Magikarp. Magikarp is the easiest raid boss to catch out of all the raid bosses that are available. When you attempt to catch a Pokemon in Pokemon Go, uh, there's, a, there's a couple factors that matter. The ball choice, which in a raid you don't have a choice. You have to use the premier balls they give you. The berries, so you can give a raspberry to increase the percentage of catch. Or you can get, which I think, I I want to say it's like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say it increases it like like 10% or something like that. I, I, I know I'm wrong, but let's just, for this example, let's just say 10%. Or you could use a golden raspberry, which again, not exact numbers, but let's say that increases the catch rate by 25%, which I know is way too high, but just an example. So the other things that matter is if you throw a curveball or not. So if you throw a curveball, that also increases the catch rate. And then the final thing that matters is uh, the nice, great, or excellent. If, if it says nice, that's good. But if it says great, that's even better. And if it says excellent, that's even better. So each one of those words slightly increases the chance of catching. Now, if you take all that math together, I'm going to simplify it here for Magikarp. If you are fighting a raid Magikarp and you throw a curveball with a golden raspberry, and you get great or excellent, you have a 99% chance to catch Magikarp. Following me, Will? Yes, I got that science down. There are tons of videos of people throwing the very last raid, raid, uh, the very last premier ball they have onto Magikarp, hitting curve, hitting great, using the golden raspberry. 99% chance, Will. And none of them can catch it. It's impossible. The Magikarp always gets out of the ball and then runs away because the trainer no longer has any premier balls left. Do you think it might be because the Magikarp is tired of getting hit in the head with balls? Maybe. <laughs> okay. So now keep this in mind, trainers. When you're doing a raid and you get to the very last premier ball, at that point, it's impossible. You cannot catch the Pokemon. That last ball will never catch you a Pokemon, no matter... What you use to attempt to catch it, there is not a single video that can be found of somebody catching a Pokemon with their very last Pokeball. Premier Ball, sorry. So what should I do? Just not toss it? I would, one, not waste a Golden Raspberry because you're not going to catch it. Well, So have you heard of that strategy where you um, do a Nanobi at the beginning? Yeah. And that kind of, it stays with, like, it, it fills them up so deliciously that they don't move around as much or something. I have, I've, <laughs> I've only done two Moltres raids. Uh, the, I did the Nana, the Nana Berry trick on both of them. The first Moltres I didn't catch, but it was, it was my fault. Like, 
my screen was freaking out and my finger was like slipping, which my balls were just like dropping to the ground right away. It was very frustrating, but I got the issue. Was fixed. this in the rain? Is no, that, no. Is this that it's story? Like in okay. the rain, in the rain, I caught the Maltrees. Like well, my... yeah, because it was raining out and fire type moves are reduced. Yeah, very and weak. That dude was at a disadvantage. The, the, the trick there is what you're, what people think, and this is not confirmed, but what people think is if you throw, uh, uh, the, the Naba berry, the bananas, what that berry does is it doesn't increase the catch rate, but it calms the Pokemon down. So they, they attack less often and they don't move around. So it makes it very easy to at least hit them with your Pokeball if, if you're bad at throwing Pokeballs. Now that is supposed to only last one turn, but what people are reporting is when you use it right away, it seems to last, uh, into multiple turns, like multiple throws. It's not as effective as the very first time you use it, but it seems to have this like lasting impression. But again, that's not confirmed, but I don't know. It might be worth trying. I think people in Slack also said they tried it and it seems to have worked. But there's no hard data on that. There's no like numbers I can give you to verify. But going back to one, the very last Premier Ball doesn't catch, people are chalking that up to it saying a bug. I mean, if you look at the math and it's telling you that it's a 99% catch rate for Magikarp and you see 10 different people all fail that, that there's something wrong with the game. Oh, no, I agree. I, that's, that yes, unless it's like, only that people who exist in that 1% are the ones that are taking videos of, of yes. their balls failing, yes, which would be uh, somewhat of an anomaly on its own. So, <laughs> so until, until that's resolved, I just want to let people know that if you have one ball left, you're not going to catch the Pokemon, so don't waste a golden raspberry or anything else. Just accept the fact that ball number two is technically your last ball. Wait. No, you don't get... Do, are there people who only get three balls? No, I think the lowest you can get is five. So your second to last ball yes. is your last ball. Okay. Correct. There is a dazzling sazzle, salazzle at GameStop. Salazzle, yeah. Good, nice. Uh, level 50 with the ability Corrosion, Held Item Focus Sash, Moves, Fake Out, Toxic, Sludge Bomb, and Flamethrower. Heat up your battles with Salazzle in Pokemon Sun or Pokemon Moon video game with a code from participating GameStop stores. The venomous poison and fire type Pokemon Salazzle has its signature corrosion ability, which enables it to make even usual resistance steel and poison type Pokemon badly poisoned by its po potent toxic move. Stop by your local GameStop and pick up a code to receive this Pokemon in your game. Uh, with just the basic instructions. So this is the same thing they did for Lycanroc a couple uh, a couple months ago. Nice. And so what Corrosion does, I, you kind of said it, but just to make it clear, typically steel types and poison types can't be poisoned. But if you have Corrosion, you can poison those types. Speaking of Lycanroc, a huge discovery of a new Lycanroc form. Breaking news, Will. Wow. Dusk form Lycanroc will bear fangs in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Pokemon Ultra Moon. It has been confirmed that a new form of Lycanroc will appear in the Pokemon world called Dusk form. The colors of Dusk form uh, Lycanroc has uh, a slightly different body, eyes, 
also differ from midday form and midnight form. You can you can't get dusk form Lycanroc on your team by ordinary methods, such as discovering a mysterious Pokemon in the wild. So check back soon for news on how to get dusk form Lycanroc, along with more details about Pokemon Ultra Sun and Pokemon Ultra Moon. And that was Very right off Pokemon.com. There you go. So I believe if some one of our um, intrepid listeners wants to make the effort, um, one of us did predict that potentially in the ultras that they would be doing new Lycan rocks for like yeah. sunrise and dusk. <laughs> uh, spoiler for the anime. Oh, no. Ash gets a rock rough. Well, now I'm spoiled. Ash's rock rough evolves into this new Lycan rock. What? It was that's, shown that's like, in the Japanese variety show Meet Up at Pokemon House. That's like a spoiler for a spoiler. I know. I, I said spoiler. No, that's like a triple decker spoiler because it's like the anime is spoiling something in a video game that hasn't come out yet. And that's then you right. spoiled it. I did. But I, what, what, the, the, if you want, I don't think the in-game sprite for Lycanroc, it's not a sprite, it's the 3D model, uh, of Lycanroc. It's hard to tell like the differences because it kind of does look like midday form a bit besides it does. the colors. But if you look at the anime version of Dusk Form, aka Ash's Lycanroc, you can actually see, like very clearly see the differences uh because it's an HD drawing. Yes, I would say the biggest difference for um Dusk Form from midday form is uh dusk form has a larger mane um so similar to the fact where midnight forms mane kind of comes out and becomes a pompadour so dusk form just the mane gets bigger than midday form and it looks like the tail is a like shrinking so it's it really looks like halfway between the two of them from as from what i can see going back to the salazzle news do you think those are related? And what I mean by that is GameStop, this is GameStop's second Pokemon on a card for Sun and Moon. So if they did that for Lycanroc, and now they're doing it for Salazzle, is Salazzle going to get a different form? Are they hinting are at that? Are we going to get Salazzle gangster form? <laughs> I could see... Like that leak? I could see them doing a male salazzle i feel like that True. is plausible yeah I, you know what actually a male uh, a male salazzle evolution that is only a, a distribution so that it doesn't have to be reprogrammed into the game or something like that it also so the the, the cool thing about salazzle and like the gimmick there the, the quote-unquote gimmick is that only the females can evolve and it's very hard to find a female um sandlot so land it. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're about, what is it, it's about 12.5, 13%, right. something like that. So if you introduce a male version of the Pokemon, uh, you're still, the, the female is still just as rare. The question is, is the female still going to be the better choice in, like, competitive? Like, does the, does the gender and the ability make it better than its male counterpart? Because if they make a male Salazzle similar with the ability with, with, with at least just the ability then you're you're not giving people an incentive to get the female one if it wasn't different enough 
in move sets or IVs or it, they could adjust the stats too, right? Like the female could be faster, the male could be more defensive. Uh, they 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 would still have to make them different enough. Yeah, um, I don't think Salazzle's seeing that much <laughs> competitive play. It's it's got a good good set of weaknesses there. Um, and its strongest, so yeah, its strongest is speed and special attack. So possibly they might make it where a male Salazzle is speed and physical attack, right? That potentially, um, yeah. Something like that. Final bit of news I have, and this is just kind of a short episode, so if we miss some news or anything, you know, let us know. But final bit of news here is that if you are participating in the Europe Safari Zone stuff for Pokemon Go, Kangaskhan has migrated over to Europe. That Pokemon was previously only Australia-bound, but it is appearing at locations in Europe. So if you're in that region... Make sure you use that opportunity to get Kangaskhan uh, if you have no plans on going to Australia. The other thing is unknowns are appearing more frequently in Europe. Unknown being the rarest Pokemon in Pokemon Go. It is available everywhere, but it is the rarest Pokemon. Uh, It is appearing in Europe as well, just like it did in Chicago. In Chicago, the unknowns spelled Chicago. Uh, In Europe, the unknowns are spelling Europe, so it is possible to get an E. A U, an R, an O, and a P, unknown in Europe. Uh, Reversal from YouTube has stated that it looks like other letters are also appearing. Uh, They're rarer, but it seems seems that he at least has found other letters. But I'm not 100% sure on that part. I just know that you can get unknown, and it happens to spell Europe. So what words can you spell with the combined letters of Chicago and Europe? Wow dangerous territory the o is overlapping but otherwise all those other letters are new i know yeah you could spell hope and (laughs) last bit of news here is for the yokohama event in japan which is the pikachu outbreak pikachu outbreak it seems that mr mime will be migrating over there mr mime is uh, a european only pokemon in pokemon go so wait, the, the America's exclusive is Tauros? Yes. And nobody wanted Tauros? I guess, I guess not. No one wants Tauros <laughs> yet. Maybe when Australia right. has it, the, Australia will get Tauros. All right, all right. And that's, uh, that's it for news. We're probably missing some stuff, but I know I, I really wanted to make sure I talked about the Premier Ball stuff for Pokemon Go, and I really wanted to talk about that new Lycanroc. That Lycanroc came out like mid-panel last night, so... I was like, I, everyone else has tweeted it. Everyone knows. I'll just talk about it on the show. <laughs> yeah, may as well. I think it was also in um, Koro Koro. So. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. We're going to skip emails this week just because uh, after we're done with Pokemon of the Week, I'm going to play the back end. Uh, the back end of this show will just be from the panel, which, by the way, I am going to cut and edit that. I know that some people don't, don't like listening to live shows. I did bring... I. Br- I would love to hear your feedback of how this live show sounds because I did bring, uh, I did bring my mics that I use daily for those shows, uh, and I brought a room mic for the show, and so it should actually sound really good compared to past live shows. On top of the fact that I am editing it, so it does, uh, it does sound more, I don't know, professional, sound more edited. It sounds edited. Well, if it's you want it to not sound edited, I'm I'm doing a poor job at selling this. You just want nice, clean, uh, quality audio 
where the editing is appreciated, if not noticeable. So we're going to do our Pokemon of the Week, which is Mawile, which I believe we've done before. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure at some point in the history of this program, we're, we're getting to the point where we're at minimum... 25% of the way through having potentially hit every Pokemon <laughs> and we're not doing the Bulbasaurs out there. So, you know, yeah, right. that's uh, really limiting us there. So shout out to Claire. She contacted me on Twitter. She really wanted us to do Mawile for quite a while. It is her birthday this week. So I was like, just remind me. And she did. So we're doing Mawile. So happy birthday to Claire. I know she's been listening to the show for a while. We'll take it away here. All right. Uh, Mawile is a short, bipedal Pokemon with a pale yellow body and black arms and feet. Its legs have a thick, fur-like covering resembling Hakama or a skirt. Its most notable feature is a pair of large black jaws emerging from the back of its head. These jaws have an oval yellow spot on their top surface and contain ten pointed teeth, six on the top row and four on the bottom. While the jaws are said to actually be transformed steel horns, Mawile can articulate them at will, using them to bite enemies and chew through iron beams. It has red eyes and two black ear-like extensions on either side of its head. Mega Mawile has a second set of jaws protruding from the back of its head, and both sets now have a spiky tuft of hair. It also seems to be able to control each jaw independently of each other. The ear-like extensions on its head are longer and have tips with two points. The fur on its legs is now magenta, and it now has longer fur on its arms with magenta markings around its wrists. Mawile is typically found in caves. It uses its non-threatening appearance to make foes underestimate it, then attacks with giant jaws. When engaged in battle, Mawile usually has its back turned on the enemy to better use its jaws. No Travis this week to do your moveset, so I will go ahead and do that, and there's no Pokemon Go moveset for Mawile, unfortunately. That doesn't exist in the game. This is from Slack Adamant Nature 252 Attack 252 Speed 4 and HP Life Orb with the ability Intimidate. You're gonna want to use the moves Play Rough, Iron Head, Sucker Punch, and Swords Dance. Not recommended to use this for competitive EGC unless you are throwing a Mega Stone on that Pokemon. But your main strategy is, is a pretty straightforward one. You're going to want to use Swords Dance to get that powered up and then go to town on your opponent after you have a couple Swords Dances in you. Yeah, so the Mega Mawile, because I actually used to use one competitively, it gets a, an ability called Huge Power, um, which doubles the physical attack. So uh, moves like Play Rough and uh, Iron Head just become completely abusive <laughs> <laughs> so i think that will be our wrap for this episode uh next week we are doing our live show to celebrate seven years of its super effective i believe it will be noon central time on sunday uh so watch our twitter slash slack slash whatever for more details about that if that changes or adjusts or whatnot i know a lot can happen in a week uh, so if anybody who is listening, because we have lots of listeners, is going to Otakon, which is going to be here in Washington, D.C. next weekend, I will be there for probably most of the time. Um, so just uh, hit me up on Twitter and I'll let you know where to find me. Awesome. Otherwise, if you have any emails, 
in regards to questions for the podcast, concerns about the podcast, feedback for the podcast, you want to ask us, uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? You can send those emails over to sbj at pkmncast.com. We'll probably be doing some emails next week as well as all future episodes. Just not this episode because it was recorded after Will and I clearly both had very late nights. <laughs> uh, other than that, <laughs> other than that, you can follow Will on Twitter at Wash in the Sink. You can follow me on Twitter at Dragging a Lake. If you want to support us on Patreon because you like what we're doing, you will get access to our Slack community, which we seem to mention throughout the episodes. That is patreon.com slash it's super effective. Uh, if not, no big deal. You know, these shows come out every Monday regardless. Uh, if you do want to, you know, help It's Super Effective celebrate seven years of podcasting, uh, we would appreciate a review in iTunes. I think we're at like 722 reviews. So it'd be really awesome to get to like 750 or even 800 by the end of the year. Uh, reviews help us out a lot in iTunes. It helps the ranking. It helps the search engine. It helps other people find the show. So that's much appreciated if you can just take two seconds to do that. Uh, if you have a uh, Apple device and yeah, I think, I think that's it. I appreciate everyone for listening. If you came out and visited us during the Minnesota PokeCon, thank you so much. I cannot thank you enough for the, the time that you guys took out to say hi to us. And I totally understand driving several hours to see us and hopefully that was worth it to you. Just, it was just awesome to see everyone there and, and very humbling for people to be like, Hey, I listened to your show and I, I, I continue to disagree with you every single week, and I, I nod my head. It's very hard to be the point of conflict every single week. Now well, you you make it look easy. <laughs> uh, with that being said, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super affective. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Man Chomp, Man Chomp, Man Chomp, Vapor Man, Vapor Man, Vapor Man. Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Scootaloo, Scootaloo, Who's your favorite Pokemon? Who's your favorite Pokemon? Hi everyone, I, uh, SBJ, of course, my voice, in, here, again, podcast, recorded here at the Minnesota PokeCon, minor technical issue, there was a specific microphone we used to pick up audience noise, like audience applause or claps or boos, no one booed us, unfortunately, no, no, I'm just kidding, uh, that mic didn't work, and so there's a... Q&A segment that we did it was it was what we've done before like uh Pokemon questions and answers and we give away prizes and the mic I used at C2E2 wasn't good enough for that so I got a new mic and I set that up but apparently it didn't capture any audio so I don't know if something came unplugged or what actually happened in that case I don't actually know what happened in that case and there was a whole like segment that relied on the mic picking up the audience and it didn't do that so i just ended up cutting all that out so there's like 20 minutes of q a that i cut out that didn't really get that doesn't take away from the the main topic so 
We do have like 20 minutes of audio of us explaining how to eat Pokemon and whatnot. I don't know if that really works without the keynote presentation that we did with it, but it should sound decent. Everyone should sound okay. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. If not, you know, you got 50 minutes prior to that. And before we... Before I let you listen to that, again, just letting you know that next week is our 7th anniversary show. That is on August 13th at 12 p.m. Central Time. That will be live. If you cannot make it, that is totally okay. We will still record it for Monday's episode. That will be myself, Will, and Travis. And then after we're done with the show at noon... I would expect that we have scheduled out an hour to two hours for that show. I will take about an hour break, and then Micah and I and Irene will be streaming that night Pokemon games and whatnot pretty much all night to celebrate the seventh anniversary. So that stuff will be on Twitch. I think we're going to try doing the live show on YouTube. Of course, follow the podcast at Pokemon Podcast to stay up to date and or our Facebook and or just the website to keep up to date with that. And yeah, so that's that's that. Again, apologize for the technical issue, but we still got 20 minutes of audio and it sounds pretty good, I think. And enjoy. All right. Hi, everyone. Hello. Okay, so this will be recorded just so you guys know. That's why there's mics everywhere. And before we start, I apologize for the... 1982 projector we have <laughs> displaying hey. what we we Greg, Greg I warned you <laughs> Greg got us a projector when we found out last night that these rooms wouldn't be equipped and that's totally cool we improvised you did your best I did my best I adjusted the the following PowerPoint to make it look decent uh, this panel will be probably as long or as short as you guys want if you guys are laughing and having a good time we'll draw it out if uh, no one's saying anything and walking out we'll cut it short so <laughs> <laughs> totally up to you. Uh, Show business. Let's get started. My name is SBJ. I'm the host and creator of the Pokemon podcast called It's Super Effective. And can we get like a cheer or a shout? Pretend that you guys are like a thousand people. Yeah. And the people that are at home have no clue what they're missing out. So can we get like a cheer or like an applause? <laughs> That's real good. There's like. That's very real good. Really took that the mile. Yeah, Micah, can you believe that five thousand people came out to see us today? Unbelievable! I'm turnout. so terrified right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, like I said, my name is SBJ. Next to me is Micah. He is on both uh, Mythical, which is our D and D Pokemon inspired podcast, and he's on normal episodes of It's Super Effective. Correct. And down at the end is Greg, who is just on Mythical, but he is the DM and creator of that. So he writes all the stories and everything, and makes them Pokemon related. Yep. Somebody's Ooh, catching somebody's something catching back there. What'd you get? <laughs> if you don't know the, what the podcast is, we do it every single Monday. It is a general Pokemon podcast that's about the card game, the video game, the anime, the, ma- the Magikarp jump that is uh, Pokemon Go and whatnot. Uh, today we are going to be talking about... Well, watch how set up I am for this. There we go. The lean every time. Uh, we, oh, wait. We're not talking about that yet. Oh, so before we begin on our topic, <laughs> I do have a question. Uh, so if you answer the question right, don't shut it out yet. If you answer the question right, you'll get a sticker. Uh, there are one question here and then five questions at the end. So it kind of forces you to say, if hopefully you're having a good time. So raise your hand. I will usually call what your shirt color is, but does anyone know in the Pokemon national decks, what the 300th, po- 300th, 300th 
300th Pokemon is. Oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Nope. No. I actually don't know this either. It's kind of hard. <laughs> I will say it's a cat Pokemon. How, how Does that narrow it down? Nope. Yes, Skitty is it. Skitty. Oh, Skitty's so good. Skitty is great. So that's the the Pokemon in the decks. You can come up and get your free sticker. So we have five more of those. Not as hard questions later on. The lead. Okay, so now while we're here, it's because we're going to be talking about how to eat Pokemon. Or how Pokemon eat each other, I guess. And we'll go, we'll go from there. You guys ready? Oh, ready. yeah. We're going to start with dessert Pokemon, as there are a couple so I'll, I'll read the bullet points and we'll discuss and then we'll move on. Some topics might be a little more in-depth, some might not be. But uh, we all know Vanillux, Vanillite, Vanillish. They are the ice cream Pokemon. And believe it or not, they are not eaten in the Pokemon world. But they are, they are Castelia stones. Am I saying that right, Greg? Castelia cones. Castelia cones. Yeah, that do mimic and exist and they're, that's what they're based off of. So people eat those all the time. Like, I guess Lucario loves ice cream. Now let um, me ask you, is the, did the Pokemon like... Form from seeing a Castelia cone, or did it? Did the Castelia like cones get made because of vanilla? I, I would assume that the Pokemon came first. I would hope so. <laughs> that was the basis of ice cream. Sure, that was the inspiration. That was the inspiration. It, right. it was the ice cream. Swirlix, on the other hand, also introduced the same generation, which is the cotton candy Pokemon. Uh, no one eats that Pokemon either, surprisingly. Okay, but would you? I mean, if you saw cotton candy just lying in a field, would you think, I'm going to eat that? No. With a face and a face. When I see a cow, I go, oh, I'm going to eat that. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think fair. so. Uh, but Swirlix and, um, the, and its evolutionary line, they, they eat candy. They eat candy yes. and sweets and everything. So in reality, you could maybe consume them. But no. But, but what no. the candy that they consume is not living. Correct. Correct. They're not okay. eating each other. Don't be so savage over that there. Would, that would be real weird. Your question? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah you're right. Actually. <laughs> you, yes. Gen you 5 can. and Gen 6. It, it is Steve. So I, I, like yeah. to, uh, just, I like to keep all my cotton candy and ice cream Pokemon together. Uh, we have a list of dairy Pokemon here. Miltank and Skidoo. Skidoo's that grass little goat. Uh, they both produce milk, which is consumed by both humans and Pokemon. As you can see. Professor Oak Professor having Oak a great time with... Avert your eyes. This with is that Miltank. <laughs> <laughs> the anime gets real wild. Uh, Chansey and Blissey can lay e eggs, which, again, are both consumed by humans and Pokemon. And Ekans' favorite food is the eggs of Spiros and Pidgeys, as so confirmed at least via the Pokedex. Ekans eating some bird eggs here. Uh, that makes kind of sense, I guess, based on like real world animals. Mm -hmm. We'll get to the bug stuff, but <laughs> we'll get to the bug stuff. But there are certain bug and plant Pokemon that eat insects, which then implies that there are. Animals that are not Pokemon, right? That yeah. they eat. Yes. This is yes. all way more believable than uh, an ice cream cone Pokemon. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I think so. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, if you look at Miltank and its Moo Moo milk that it produces, yeah, that is that does restore Pokemon's HP. Correct. It, it, I think milk in most video games restores HP, <laughs> as it should. Improving those bones. That's right. Get those. Get those. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, we have some bird Pokemon here. Pidgeotto is known to eat Execute, Magikarp, and Caterpie. I think this is made famously in Magikarp Jump, where Pidgeotto oh. swoops down and the heartbreak the first time that happened to me. <laughs> they get you. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll jump. Jump for the berries. Great. What? Oh, see you later. See you I guess later. I'm on to the next I'm one. starting over again. I didn't know that could happen. Tallow is, uh, they claim to feed on Wurmple, which makes sense because they're in the same generation. I think I got that right. And uh, what was it? Cheruby? 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 Cheruby. Cheruby? Cheruby? Is it? Is it? Is that Cheruby? the pronunciation? Cheruby? Cheruby? Yep. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah. That's, I like that. Principle. It's like Burger King up here. Whatever you want. Whatever what, you want. What? Yeah, Burger King, you know, have it your way. Yeah. Yeah. Eggs, milk. Uh, pray to, uh, Starly likes to eat some cherubi. Cher you be. Cher you be. So we have <laughs> birds eating fruit, like, and I guess probably yeah. seeds. Mm-hmm. Are there seeds in cherubi, you think? It is. Cherubi? Is it not? A, it's a cherry. It's a cherry. It's a cherry. Yeah. You think there's like a pit in there? Oh, like a... Like a core. You a think c- it's pre-evolved form as a pit? <laughs> yeah, I would assume so. And we have uh, birds eating bugs, which also makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know about, about the execute, though. What? They're eggs. They're eggs. Yeah, that's true, but like, do birds Wait, eat? Wait, actually, eggs? that doesn't make sense in retrospect. No. Pidgeotto would have like, no Pokemon. Wait a second. Do birds <laughs> eat eggs? Yes. Do they? Do they? Yes. What kind of bird? A lot of the predatory birds won. Oh, okay, all or, right. That's fair. I didn't research, but I bet like Knocked Owl eats Rattataz. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the Sun and Moon anime, Rowlet tries to eat the um, the flower thing that evolves. Bound Sweet? Bound Sweet, yes. Bird, there's a lot of bird history here. So, Birds Part 2. Farfetch is hunted for food and it makes a delicious meal. This was something that was discussed in the anime. And I actually believe in yes. Red and Blue that was referenced by an NPC, a non-playable yeah, character. they're overhunted. I think that was the first instance of, like, a cooked turkey, like, a, like an image of a cooked turkey, whoa, 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 and they were whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa. it's a farfetch. Farfetch is not a turkey. Yeah, it's but clearly I, a duck. It's a duck. I mean, cooked duck. Like, the image was a cooked bird. I see. I'm following. And I was like, oh, okay. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, okay. Farch giving. But in retrospect... That's horrifying. <laughs> Thanks, no. Fetch. No. I, li- I like the farch, first one. Farch, farch giving is much better. Is much better. I'm going to make Farch... farch I can't even you say it. <laughs> make it a thing this year. Uh, Mandibuzz preys on Cubone, and Meowth can be sa- seen chasing Pidgey at various points on the beach. What that means is Pokemon Snap, where the oh, beach yeah, yeah. area where Meowth okay. is consistently chasing Pidgeys. Okay. Would one would assume to eat? Maybe, or just to be friends with. They could be friends. Maybe they just want to be friends. The beach party. <laughs> I don't know if it's a beach party. <laughs> Bug Pokemon. Maybe the best <laughs> gift in this. That is that is the best. I don't know, Professor Oka with that milk tank. That's pretty good too. That's pretty good. Uh, Combi and Vespicuin uh, gather nectar from flowers to produce honey and various uh, various other things. Uh, Motham happens to steal that honey. Which is something I didn't know until I did a little bit of research. Is that a common moth thing? That moths steal? I don't know if like, that's a real life thing. I feel like it has to be, right? Like, no. there's a lot of the stuff is based on real world. Unless there's like a certain type of moth. 
Like a big... The honey stealer moth. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Endangered, I hear. Endangered. Rare. <laughs> the rare honey stealer moth. Thanksgiving, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, heat more preys upon Durant. The Which obvious, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to explain why? Because it's uh, basically an anteater. Yeah. And an ant. All right. I think that's it. I think Broke, that's yeah, the entire yeah. explanation. It's a fire anteater. There's also like Saviper and Zangoose. Yes. Yeah. So they prey on each other. Another very common is there rivalry. More, is there more rivalries in the Pokemon world? I mean, Yungus was supposed to be much like how it was in Hawaii, was supposed to be brought in to take care of the Rattata problem. But exactly what's happening in Hawaii now, all the mongoose that they released in Hawaii said, oh, the rats are really too hard to hunt, so we're just going to eat all the birds. Oh, dear. Well, that's actually happening in Hawaii oh, now. Dear. And that's, how, that's why that's in Sun and Moon. They brought them over to take care of the Rattata who moved to the night because all oh. the mongoose are day-dwelling, and now all the mongoose hunt. All the birds. This is incredible. That's the, right? be- that's the best this podcast is going to get this hour, <laughs> is that fact right there. You go out, <laughs> tell people about the mongoose problem in Hawaii. Uh, finally, Heracross feeds on the sack of Bulbasaur and sucks that sweet, sweet nectar out of Bulbasaur's, Bulbasaur's sack. Bulb sap. Yeah. Yes. So this is actually from the, uh, well, like all these gifs, they're from the anime. and I like that in parentheses you have, even in the heat of battle. Yes. Now, that I put that in parentheses to remind myself that Ash's Heracross was very, didn't care at all about the battle if it was, if it was nectar time. It was hungry. Thirsty, even. Multiple points in the anime, this Heracross Multiple points stopped in the anime. to get that sweet, sweet nectar juice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's important. Priorities in life. It's, it's a glorious image. It's an image. It's certainly an image. <laughs> it, is, it is definitely something. <laughs> Pikachu's just standing by. Come on. I mean, we're right. <laughs> well, Pikachu's not sure which side to join. I mean, they're all friends. <laughs> Pikachu is horrified. We, we talked about a couple other bug Pokemon like Wormpole and Caterpie earlier, but I would imagine that a lot of the bug Pokemon are not in a good position in the Pokemon world. Yeah. It's not looking, not looking too good for them. If they keep making birds, yeah. <laughs> they keep making birds. Keep making birds. <laughs> Every generation, new birds. New birds. What what hunts a bird? More birds. More birds, I guess. <laughs> Other birds. Like bravery. Yeah. 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 Mandibus. What, what, what was it? Talonflame, yeah. Oh, Talonflame. Uh, Pokemon eating other Pokemon. Oh, this is a pretty good shift. Too. If you really just, <laughs> really just want to get entertained, just look up <laughs> just these look gifts. Up at the- just Google Pokemon eating each other. and There's a lot of people that don't like the Pokemon anime, but come on, after everything I've shown you guys. I am typically one of those solid, people. Solid, solid source of entertainment. I typically don't watch the anime, but this is really selling me on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's both. It's actually both. So I, I asked know, that question. Again, I didn't know this until I did a little research, but when the Grimer became a lowland Grimer, they started feeding on Trubbish and Garboder in the Alolan region. Hmm. Normal trash was not good enough for them. Mm-mm. So they literally ate po- they eat other Pokemon. They need that sweet living trash. They want the trash that moves. Delicious living trash. Uh, in the anime, Snorlax attempted to eat a Gloom. How did that work out? 
I don't think it was successful. I don't think it was successful, no. <laughs> and also in the anime, an Exploud tries to eat an Axew. Which Exploud strikes me as a non-carnivore Pokemon. You think so? It's got a huge mouth, It's though. got a real, real big mouth. Yeah, but it has, like, a big stereo on its head. And it doesn't need to eat? Yeah, that screams to me like vegetarian. What if it only <laughs> ate... Oh, <laughs> what if it only ate electric Pokemon? That would make a lot of sense. Unfortunately, it's already eating Axies, so it yeah, doesn't so make sense. So we these. know that's not true. <laughs> and both Kingler and Omastar, they prey on Shelter. Crack open that shellfish. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That, that makes, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you skipped the, the, the most important, important and horrifying oh, yes, yes, one. Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, Marini, they, uh, like Zangoose and Saviper, they are rivals with Corsola. The only difference is Corsola doesn't fight back and just gets eaten. And the deck entry is... It's pretty terrifying. Really it's pretty tragic. Terrifying. And it's also something it, about leaving remains of Corsola across the beach. And it's yeah, wake. It's, it's it's dark. It's very dark. It's a little dark. Can you? Um, maybe I'm mistaken, and I haven't played Sun and Moon in a couple months, and I haven't completed my decks. I apologize, but can't the only isn't the only way to get Marini is SOS battle with Correct. Corsola? Yep. Yeah. Man, that's so cool. And it's real hard. It's spent a lot of time. Yeah. And if you. No. 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 Man, I don't have the patience for that. <laughs> Let's get to the good stuff. Humans eating Pokemon. FYI, I'm pretty sure Ash's mom and Mr. Mime are a couple. Would you stop? <laughs> you have been trying to sell this all day. <laughs> See? We have the official word. I don't know. In Sun and Moon, they get pretty close. A lot of weird beach scenes with those two. Yeah. They're enjoying their vacation. Uh, Slowpoke Tales. Let's talk about those. All right. Yeah. They I actually had an epiphany about this when we were talking about We were talking about the, how you, we read that how you're supposed to eat Slowpoke Tales is they're supposed to be lightly sucked on, which we were like, what, what does that mean? I and bet Tank would know. I think that it's supposed to mimic like bone marrow and how you eat bone marrow, mm. which is you... Suck on it. Let me lightly. tell you. Lightly. Or you use a very tiny fork. A very tiny spoon. And you, or a spoon. You dig it out of there. Yeah. And it's yes. really delicious. We, oh, we asked we the same question. We researched. Oh, man. But uh, deep in the slowpoke well. Deep in the Let me tell you, as like a 12-year-old playing gold and silver, that's kind of a horrifying. Yeah. Of like all these slowpokes with no tails, Team Rocket, and they're hus- like hustling. In a well somewhere, just hacking them up. But, I mean, do you think, like, Goldenrod festivals, they have carts full of slowpoke tails for the children? Like, is there a slowpoke vendor? Yeah, and, that comes and around? nobody's asking where they're coming from. Right. It's like, is, is slowpoke tails like the cigarettes of the Pokemon world? Like, yeah, everyone kind of enjoys them, it, but, like, but they yeah. all know it's, yeah, it's bad for me. Like, yeah, I, would, well, I would guess it's probably similar to, like, uh, what's that, like, like pate, like duck liver? D- what? Like duck liver, it, like pate is very not. Let me tell you, on fetch, fetch giving, we're not having any no, duck liver. <laughs> it's it's a delicacy. It is, or goose liver. Sorry, goose liver. And it, the way that they they make it is very inhumane. So I would assume it's similar to that. Like, but the, the some rich don't who seem don't that care. bothered by the fact that they don't have tails in the game. S- it's slowpoke. <laughs> they don't seem bothered by anything. Okay, that is accurate. 
Uh, Farfetch, which we talked about earlier, it is cooked with its own leek, which I think is important. Really? Yeah. That's so sad. Well, that's the tale that it comes from, that if you're super hungry, lost in the woods, the woods will provide by providing you not only a bird to eat, but with its own seasoning. That's so sad. That's why the tale is far-fetched. Oh. But what if, what if, you know, you find the far-fetch leekless? Mm -hmm. Is it just not? No, then you're done. It's not worth it. You're destined to not eat it. it, It's just a duck at that point. It's just a duck. (laughs) Uh, Cedra's fins and bones are used in herbal medicine. Not really food related, but I just thought it was interesting that they did talk about hmm. Cedra's bones. Yeah. Is that like shark fin soup? I, yeah, like maybe how they use sea creatures yeah, and, yeah. you know, like perfume and stuff like that. Not, not included in this, sl- testing on the- this slide. On the podcast, there was debate about if Pokemon bleed or not, or if Pokemon have blood, and... The only reference in all of the 700 million Pokemon that exist is that Gold, Goldbat's Pokedex says that it does feast on blood of humans and Pokemon. Yeah. So that does confirm that Pokemon do have, well, some Pokemon some. have blood. I'm assuming Ditto does not. I mean, you don't know that. Maybe. What, what about- if it transformed into blood? <laughs> then what? <laughs> we can transform into buildings. <laughs> Octillery, Magikarp, uh, Cheruby, Cheruby, uh, they have all, they're all referenced as being possibly eaten, but never confirmed throughout all the research I found. And then, mm. yeah, you could point to Magikarp and look at the anime and go that Ash and Brock fantasized about eating a Magikarp when they were stranded off the SSN. Uh, but they don't actually eat the Magikarp. And I believe it was Misty that told them that they couldn't eat a Magikarp if they wanted to because it's, it's nothing but scales that, and that bones. That is correct. But your favorite fish, Basculin, Basculin. is Good old listed my least as the most delicious. Oh, really? The, yes. It is listed as the most delicious to See? eat. See? And you hated it. What is the most delicious human fish? What? Like what's real, it, what's real a human world fish? fish? Real, real world fish. Oh, what's God. a human fish? First? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know there is a video game about human fish, <laughs> but G- give me, give me the human fish. What? what? Uh, I, I don't know. Are, are it's talking, like up to your real taste world buds, fish? I guess. Like what is our? Yeah, yeah like what's a good real world? Like, like the what, best. Like, 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 well, we're the- in Minnesota, so we, I think we're legally mandated to say walleye. Walleye. I don't even... Walleye. Okay. I mean... See? Well, I never... <laughs> uh, what is it in Wisconsin? Cod? Cheese. Maybe... maybe yeah. The, the, old cheese, the, cheese the old cheese fish. Giant cubes of cheese. Surprisingly, I don't think anybody in Wisconsin eats their fish with cheese. No. You don't know that. You're right. I don't know that. Uh, this is pretty much it, though. We're we're ending on human eating Pokemon. Was there anything else that stood out? Uh, I mean, I apologize. A lot of the stuff was cut just due to the the projector here, but the the good old projector situation. But I don't think so. I feel like there were more like fruit. Wasn't were we well, talking I mean, about before? Has, has fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, Tropius has the has bananas. Bananas. Didn't somebody say earlier today nana. that Chikorita is like? Supposed to be a, a pear. pear. It's a pear dinosaur. Pear dinosaur. 
It is. It looks like a pear. It's a pear dinosaur. What would you think? Bay would, leaf is a seasoning. What do you think would eat? <laughs> that's well, here, well, actually well, true. <laughs> well, here's, here's, here's my question. I, there, there are you know, 700 some Pokemon. I, I'm assuming people are eating Tauros and, and Miltank as they would eat. Like ca- cows. Yeah, beef. Yeah. Beef. Right. Maybe. So, so now if you look at like the ducks as like Farfetch, so are people eating Psyducks? Maybe. No, no. I, okay, so it, like, where, like where the duck the that line? you eat <laughs> is not like the duck that you would see in like a park, the the pond in a Milwaukee park. I suppose that makes sense. It's like the 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 best. Psyduck, so, I'm assuming, is like the the duck that you see in the pond at the park that. Right, probably. Right. So you're thinking that's ah, giving you a headache. Is too gross for anybody. Yeah, to eat. no one wants to eat that. So then you turn around, go in the forest, and find yourself a farfetch. Yeah. Well, you have to get lost first. What is okay? If I'm to, going in the forest, there's like a 98 percent chance just, I'm going to get lost. Yeah, yeah that's accurate. This is absolutely accurate. I was going to say back to Mr. Mom. What was Mr. Mom eating? Human food? Nothing but human food. He's making something He's right there. Food. He's probably cooking a farfetch. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he, he looks. He's got a face like he's eating a farfetch. Face of satisfaction right there. Let's do some more trivia. So again, don't shout it out if you know. Just raise your hand. I'll call on you. But in the Pokedex, uh, Pokemon are classified as certain things. So like Swirlex is classified as the cotton candy Pokemon, if I'm not mistaken. Butterfree is classified as the, but- the butterfly Pokemon. Uh, only one Pokemon in the Pokedex is considered the atrocious Pokemon, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, yes, does anyone are. know who that is? Ooh. Professor Oak? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Close. No one. All right, I'll, all right. I'll narrow it down. Gen one. We're still on Mr. Mime. <laughs> we still. Way in the back, Team Rocket. No. No. That's a good answer. Good try. Uh, all the way in the back again. I'm on the edge of my seat. No, not bubbles. Definitely not bubbles, sir. Uh, blue. Blue hair. Maybe blue. Maybe purple. No. No. Nope. Kind of getting closer. Front row. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, teal shirt. Yes. Oh. Come up and get a Good sticker. Job. And that is our questions. Thank you, everyone, for playing. Sorry they were kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, that is pretty much our... Oh, you can our, take both of them. That's pretty much our show. Sorry it was short, but we do what we could. We did what we could. I think we did the best of what we had. Yeah. We had. Hopefully you guys walked away with a little bit of knowledge. Hopefully we didn't get too many things wrong. We did. Uh, we, do, we do a more professional production, not in front of people, every Monday. So if you want to check us out on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, uh, wherever you find podcasts, I should put this end screen up. There we go. That's our show. It's called It's Super Effective. So again, we do this every Monday. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the PokeCon. It was really great to be here. Uh, we actually will not be here tomorrow. So... Um, enjoy the rest of your con. If you have any questions or want to chat afterwards, I will stay and talk to everyone until uh, the room is empty. So thank you guys so much for coming out. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. 5,000 people. Could you, can you believe so, it? I can't believe the how crowd. many people. <laughs> the crowd is outstanding. I can't hear you right now. There's so many people clapping. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much. <laughs>